0: Oh, wrestling!
1: Steph the Wrestling Connoisseur and we have been on a huge hiatus, uh just John and myself. Uh as everybody knows, there's there's a quarantine going on. There's a little bit of a pandemic out there. And uh, you know, we've been uh me and me and just John have been like uh uh teachers basically, uh now during this pandemic. Uh as probably all of you have too. I don't know, it, it seems like it's uh different across the board. But uh, I know one thing, personally, during this pandemic, I have become the quintessential uh, casual wrestling fan, and it hasn't been because I haven't tried to watch wrestling. Uh, Actually, WWE just totally lost me, like, a couple weeks after the pandemic started with the no crowds thing. um, it It just wasn't there for me. It just wasn't hitting it. So I really haven't watched WWE in, like, about two months now, I'd say. Um, I went back and tried to watch some of it on the DVR, and uh, I I made it through the episode, but it was rough. It was really rough. What disappointed me the most um, is that this is a time where WWE could really could really have buckled down uh, several different things. Like if, if they wanted to go the cinematic way, if they wanted to go back to the old school stuff, if they wanted to go attitude error, if they wanted to go back even further than that, do rock and wrestling, anything they wanted to do at this frame and time with no audience to disagree with them, they could have done. Um, or even with the NXT and Performance Center audience, you know, um, hello, these people work for you. You just tell them, guys, you're going to cheer this, you're going to boo that. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. You just tell these guys the direction you want to go. They didn't do that. They didn't do that from what I've seen in all. Um, and so, I don't know, I've, I've felt a little bit let down, in the direction the company has gone as a whole. Now, as of late, there's been a few changes. You know, I, I have read about it and heard about some things. Um, I've tried to tune in here and there. It's just, it's been hard. And uh, watching it late at night with kids is just, it's impossible for me. So, yeah, if I don't go back and try to catch it later in the week um, on, on my own time, then I'm not catching it, and honestly, that time is is invaluable to me. It's like, that, that time's gold. So, um, I just can't seem to fit it in my schedule currently. Uh, and I'll be quite honest, when when I do have time, I have actually sat down and watched AEW, or Impact Wrestling, or New Japan Wrestling, um, all of which I am behind on. I'm not... Uh, to date on any current wrestling product there is. And I'm trying to remain uh, spoiler free as much as I can but that's almost impossible in this day and age. So uh, it's it's interesting it's interesting how during this time frame companies are going about things. And I, I would say this that you know I like how do Japan they've they've welcomed back fans and whatnot, everybody's spaced apart in the stadiums, um, which to me seems like a no-brainer, you know, you put, you put ten seats in between people and, hey, it's a little bit safer. Everybody's wearing a mask. Japan's on their game plan, though. Everybody's wearing mask over there for eons. Um, AEW, it's the workers. You know, it's all your workers there. It was now a, a little bit of fans up in the stadium. Um, who are apparently, like, pre-checked and everything, uh, everything else. So, uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, what do you do, what don't you do? Apparently WWE's got, you know, they're not, they're not free of, uh, contagion there, so, uh, you know, it's something they have to, to consider. Um, I'm going to talk about WWE right now, though. This... You know they they finally pulled the plug on uh, strapping Drew McIntyre. They had a a whirlwind of a title victory. Then he beat Big Show right afterwards, and had um, a couple little feuds. A lot of people are questioning this run. You know, is it is it successful? Uh, well, I mean, of course it's successful per se. Uh, in the record books, it'll look successful. In history, it'll look successful. I would say that there's not been a breakout feud for Drew McIntyre um, that, that really will go down in history to say, wow, that feud really that put the championship in the spotlight. Um, I think WWE has missed a lot of potential. Um, I think Angel Garza, I think they've missed the potential there. That you know, I know, they did have a match with McIntyre and Garza. And it was just like a, you know, really one-off, really short match. It did become a big feud. Um, personally, I would have pushed Garza to the moon right away. Kid's got potential. He's pretty good in the ring, and I, you know, I don't see why they just didn't push him. You know, you got a lot there. Um, so I mean, there's Garza. I don't know what their plans are for him now. Keith Lee's been called up. Apparently, uh, I haven't watched any of the matches, but apparently he had a pretty decent match with Randy Orton. Got put over uh, quite quite big. Um, I did read that he had a match with McIntyre before Retribution come out. So let me bring up Retribution. Um, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen any of the stuff really. Uh, you know, I saw some clips here and there retribution, just destroying the ring, attacking whatever, apparently they're attacking everybody, uh, now it's like saying, uh, you know, it's the same old WWE, whatever that means, um, It's it seems like you have this idea that's not thought out, you know, uh, you, you take one of the most creative minds in wrestling and they, they can him. I'm talking about Paul Heyman. Um, now, since he's back with Roman Reigns, I don't know if that's, you know, just them coming to terms and, and uh, him not wanting to stress or whatnot or, or whatever. Um, but it seems to me like you got one of these most creative minds. You, you need to have these people on tap. And... Maybe they did. Maybe that's the best they can come up with, retribution. People keep coming out dressed in black. And, you know, is this picking up on, on the idea of protesters and, and whatnot? <clears throat> is this, I don't know. I don't know what this is supposed to be, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but it's something that does not inspire me as someone who has not watched in the last two months, it's uh, not something that inspires me to turn the TV on, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and it could, it's the sad thing. There's no, to me, there's no gimmick here. You know, just just the mystery of it, there's no gimmick. <clears throat> like when when, uh, when when TNA and Impact Wrestling had the Aces and Eights. And they come out and they're wearing masks and they got their leather outfits on and everything. You didn't know who anybody was. You did see individuals. We don't see individuals really with retribution because I believe they've said that it's changed. People have changed every week, and I don't know if they've narrowed it down now or not. Uh, Just John was informing me who apparently the group is going to be, which I laughed. Um, at the same time, it's like, you know, you you look at everybody. You look at all different groups that have been masked before, who have kind of hidden themselves before. You need something. You need a moniker besides just, you know, retribution. Even Nexus had the big, you know, yellow encased uh, black end. Uh, you need some sort of branding, and I don't see that in any of the clips I've seen. What they look like is angry... Ring boys, like they're pissed off. they're taking the ring apart. Change my mind uh i I don't know, I mean it doesn't make much sense to me you know is this did they tie it into the the uh hacker like that would be at least something if they tied it into the hacker somehow anyway uh, what just John told me. Dominic Dijakovic is supposed to be the leader of the group, which made me laugh. I'm not a huge Dijakovic fan. I I think his inward work sucks. He has zero psychology. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's a tremendous athlete. Um, but, you know, an athlete does not make a pro wrestler necessarily. So, you have a guy that's supposed to be 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and they're working like a cruiserweight, I think that's a problem. Um, So, yeah. I I don't know. To me, it would have been smarter if this was mid-card guys. Get your mid-card talent together. Um, Use them in in some capacity uh, to get over. Instead of just bringing up all these NXT guys, uh, is Dijakovic ready? Is is any of these other guys ready? Um, Apparently one of them is also Mojo. Mojo is fine. Like, he's a mid-card guy, and, you know, I know just just John has his issues with Mojo. Legitimate issues. Uh, these guys don't like each other. But Mojo's one of those guys who, who, who you could use as filler in the background in a group. You know, I think he's good enough for that. Uh, but WWE cut so much mid-card talent. It's also the problem. I mean, can you imagine... If they did their their yearly cuts, um, kind of kept it under wraps, and then did this Retribution storyline, and then all of a sudden everybody a mask, then it's, it's just some of these mid card guys. Oh, then we kind of make a little bit more sense. Oh, oh, look, it was a storyline all along. You got me, goddammit. Or what if, what if Retribution of mask, and it's all the former Bullet Club members that was in WWE? Ooh! Now we got giving the fans something. Maybe it's maybe it's them, and maybe I don't know. Maybe they attacked Hogan the week before. Have Hogan on for whatever reason, and then Hogan's coming with some backup. You have Hogan and Hall and Nash show up. They get in the ring to attack Retribution, and then they give each other the two sweet sign. Everybody pulls off their masks. They hug. They high five. They take open their Retribution jackets, and they're all wearing NWO shirts. By God, you own the product line. Just bring back the NWO and with all brand new guys, Hogan passes the torch. We're taking over. It's the same old WWE, blah, blah, blah. Do something different. Reinvent yourself. Something. Then you have John Cena join the NWO when he comes back and turns. He'll give everybody what they've wanted. Can you believe that something like that could be possible? It could be possible, it's the thing. But WWE just does not seem to get any any of it. They don't. It's like they're in this bubble. and They can't see past this bubble at all. To give the fans what they want, to listen to the fans at all. You, if you listen to Arn Anderson at all, talking, uh, he has a podcast, which is pretty cool, and um, he talks about you know him talking to Vince and trying to, you know, this guy getting pushed, that guy getting pushed, and then just Vince just turns off of them or or they just don't see the talent there or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's, I hate to shit on WWE, but, I mean, there's this recent thing like Mickie James selling and the referee thinks she's legitimately hurt. This is the name of the game, people. This is what it's all about. Mickey James sells. The referee calls the match because he thinks she's legit hurt. And um Mickey James gets up like, what the fuck? Think about that for a moment. She sells so well that a wrestling company doesn't know she's faking. Could it possibly be because they've forgotten how to fucking work? Because they don't anymore. Everything is choreographed to a T. It is a goddamn ballet anymore. And uh, I'm sorry, you know, I would take a botch from a a match put together by two wrestlers over something that is choreographed so hand-heavy You know, I think back to a couple takeovers ago where they had that, I believe it was a four-way for the women. And um, I believe it was Tegan Knox was supposed to hit a diving spot onto Mia Yim, but she was late. She was a couple seconds off, and Mia Yim had already moved to the ring, so she didn't look like a complete dumbass just standing on the outside. And Tegan Knox dove anyway. Mia Yim was gone. And like a dumbass, she just dove out of the ring. Because if she didn't, she knows they would say, well, you missed your spot, you're supposed to do this, and if you don't do this, then you can't do this, and then throws off the whole choreography of the match. Which is ridiculous. I would much rather see something like in the uh, tag team match with Kitty Omega and Hangman Page, where... um the guy loses his footing on the top rope. And Hangman just goes over and attacks the partner. Because you're just thinking on the spot. You're working the match. You're working you're supposed to be working the crowd instead of doing just choreography. It's kind of the name of the game. I don't know. That's just me. It's me. The wrestling connoisseur. I just prefer... Have a wrestling match, be an actual wrestling match. I think that's WWE's biggest problem right now. They could very well be doing that during this pandemic. There's no, there's no audience. There's no nothing. You don't, you know, if you don't get the one five minute match with a couple of jobbers together, so be it. I'd rather you do a couple of really good matches. And here's the thing: here's the thing. they're pre-taping all this shit now, and they're editing stuff. They could easily be doing this like a TV show that it is, and uh, putting out a great product. Instead, we got the Thunderdome, which is mind-boggling to me. But it is what it is, as we like to say over here at Square Circle Journal. So yeah, there's that. Roman Reigns has returned uh, and is healed. Apparently, uh, done so well that people actually said, "I think he's healed." Is Roman Reigns healed? That's what I heard for like a week afterwards. I think he's healed. Is he healed? I believe he's a heel. Roman Reigns has returned and I think he's gone heal. Look, Paul Heyman's with him. That's a good sign. He's a heel. The fact that people don't know is telling. This shit just pisses me off. That's why I can't watch. I can't watch anymore. That's why I haven't watched in two months. It's like if if people are watching and they don't know, then there's an issue. It's like when Bailey apparently turned heel twice when she was already healed. It, if you can't figure this shit out, then then you're doing something wrong. So yeah. So now I'm apparently I'm just a casual, as everybody likes to call them, casual wrestling fan. Uh, as far as WWE is concerned, I have not watched in two months. I don't know what could get me to watch. I didn't watch SummerSlam. Um, I didn't watch The Last Takeover, although I kind of like to go watch it since they restrapped Balor. Um, I tell you, the thing that's interesting me most is the Hurt Business. Turning Cedric Alexander heel, you have Shelton Benjamin, you're finally using Shelton, you got Lashley. These guys, I saw a clip of these guys walking out looking like the Black Four Horsemen, and that was beautiful. Um, I would be interested in watching just for them alone, uh, and seeing what what's going to become of it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't want to get invested uh, for something that's not going to return and you know on my investment. So so yeah, there's that. That's that's WWE in a nutshell for me right now. Alright, pause for I Tasty Beverage here Uh, Alright, yeah, that's WWE in a nutshell right there So, um, next Next What's next? Let's talk about Impact Wrestling I'm not quite caught up on Impact Wrestling, but you know I did watch the pay-per-view they had where Eric Young and uh the Good Brothers show up. Watch that one. Uh and I was actually pleasantly surprised with that pay per view. Uh overall, great show. Um much, much better than than the WWE pay per views I'd seen this year. Um it's not a, a jab, but that's just just the truth, um, and and that's that's being said with the fact that there really was no big stars. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, you had the Good Brothers show up at the end, although they could have been used a little bit better. Uh, you had Eric Young show up. I know everybody's probably going, uh, "Oh, Eric Young, who did nothing in WWE." But, you know, Eric Young is a tremendous, tremendous wrestling hand. Uh, But I think Impact Wrestling, using him, based on the fact that he's been out there and and that he's done pretty much everything there is to do in TNA as well, um, you know, I think they're using him properly. Of course, now, I haven't seen the match yet, but now he did win the title from Eddie Edwards. Eric Young, your Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, uh, which I think is great. Eric Young is a tremendous talent uh, that I think WWE just did not know how to use him. Uh, Sadly. I'm commuting here, and the road is tremendous. Uh, It's about as rocky as Eric Young's WWE career. Uh, So yeah, I... I'm pleasantly surprised at that. Of course, we also know now that uh, formerly known as Kurt Hawking, um, Myers is now uh, part of Impact Wrestling as well, uh, as well as Heath Slater. I'm excited to see what they do with Slater. I think he's, he's jacked and he's ready to go and he's ready to show the world what he's got. The The last match he had at WWE against McIntyre, uh, I kind of wish they had done a little bit more with that, but it was... It was cool that they did that. I will give them credit there. That was really cool. Um, besides that, Impact Wrestling, I'm not, I'm not at all too sure uh, where did they go from here. To be quite honest, uh, they've got a pretty decent roster. I just feel that they need to put people in the right places. In all honesty. Um, what are you going to do with the Good Brothers? Now these guys are obviously your biggest names on the show. What are you going to do with Anderson and Gallows? Um, I think they maybe should look at using them separately as well as together. You know, uh, For one, Luke Gallows is a huge dude. Doc Gallows, I think he's going back again by now. Uh, big dude. This could be your monster uh, guy that, that you've always needed and wanted super talented, ripped, I mean, come on, I, this is a guy that I think you you can work a crowd, you know, so um, I would use him, I would use him to the T, you know, you gotta, you gotta use these guys, this could be their, their big man that they really need, uh, and Anderson's great on the mic, great in the ring, use him. Use them for singles. Use them for belt. You know, tags. Use them for whatever you can. Uh, like I said, they've got some some good talent over there. Uh, apparently, EC3 is coming back to to Impact Wrestling as well. Um, so I mean, they've they've got a big future ahead of them. They just gotta figure out where to put guys, who you're pushing, who goes where. What's your Jericho position? You know, you you got to figure this out, and, and you got to run with it. And I think that's always been Impact's biggest problem. Um, at least to me, that's always been their biggest problem. Even when they had all the guys they could absolutely ever want, when they had Joe and Styles, Rude, Daniels, um, you had Kazarian. Uh, I mean, there was a time frame where they had some of the biggest names in wrestling now, as well as uh, Nash, Booker, Sting, Angle. Uh, so I mean, there was a, there was a time and point where they they were stacked with a roster that, if you just put people in the right places, you you would suppress everybody's expectations. Uh, so. I think impact wrestling they just really got to sit down and and figure out you know and I know they've got people there who um, are good business wise I, so i I don't know I mean maybe it's maybe it's just they're they're sticking to a formula that's not working I'm not sure but um, I know personally I would put people in in different arrangements if if I was booking the show at Impact Wrestling so uh yeah. That's that's just kinda there. Uh, so let's move on. Let's move on to see what else is going on in the wrestling world. Okay, let's talk uh let's talk AEW here. This is probably the company that I've most kept up to date on. I am uh behind right now, of course. Um their most recent pay-per-view and the last few episodes. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's twofold kind of. You've got a new company, what do you do? Um, I was really surprised when they started a new company. They, they started with so much indie talent, honestly. Um, I mean, yes, they brought in some of their friends like uh, SCU, SCU. Uh, Excuse me, a couple of other guys. And then even now we see uh others like Coke Cabana showing up there. But they brought in a lot of talent that uh was unknown to a lot of fans. Um even guys that, that I hadn't really seen wrestle that much. You know, I'd heard of some of them. But uh they they you know, you've had guys like the Young Bucks and Cody out there wrestling all across the world. And they decided to bring in talent that they'd worked with that they were impressed. And that impressed them. And so I think that brings something nice to the table in in a lot of different ways. It is something absolutely new. Now, even though we have this, you know, we can see all these new matches uh, that you don't see on mainstream television uh, from WWE, even Impact Wrestling, um, even though they've got a lot of talent that that is, that is new as well to people's eyes nowadays. Uh, I think the mix of veterans, indie talent, uh even the really old school talent that we don't get to see in the ring, but we get to see like Jake Roberts, Arn Anderson, Tolly Blanchard, uh, DDP. You know, we get to see a lot of these guys come out on our screen that you recognize or that older people would recognize. If you're flipping the channels and you see Arn Anderson, whoa, well, wait a minute, let me check this out, you know? maybe you were a wrestling fan back in the day, but you haven't watched in 20 or 30 years. That's a, you know, that is something to consider. And I think it's something that other promotions haven't done uh, in, in such a long time to try to cater to a plethora of generations of wrestling fans. And I think the, the production quality of AEW does bring this retro reminiscent aspect to to their uh, to their product. Um, so I mean that that is a pro in my opinion um, when you want to differentiate yourself from WWE. Now the product itself, a lot of people are complaining. Uh, well, they're just hiring ex WWE guys. All oh, the roster are ex WWE guys. No, they're not jackass. They're really not. And I mean, I have the biggest issue with anyone who faults a company or a wrestler and labels them. Well, that's a WWE guy. Cause let's look at the, let's look at the current WWE product. I don't want to get into the pissing match here, but. You know, who's going, well, that's an ex-TNA guy. That's an ex-ROH guy when we see Samoa Joe or AJ Styles. Well, that's an ex-TNA guy, Robert Rude. That's an ex-New Japan guy, Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, how many of us are doing that? No one. So, I mean, I, I don't like seeing and hearing this, well, that's an ex-WWE guy. These these are wrestlers who are honing their craft, doing their job, trying to make a living, and they're not belonging to any particular place. You know, you don't go, my analogy is, if, if you used to work at Walmart, now you're working at Taco Bell, you don't just keep calling him the ex-Walmart guy. No, now he works at Taco Bell. Let him work at Taco Bell. You don't go in there every time and say, Hey, what are you doing here? You used to work at Walmart. You can't make my burritos, you mixed paint. No. Come on. So it's it's dumb, in my opinion. So yeah. Now there's guys that used to work in WWE that now work in AEW, We've got the you know, f T R, formerly known as the Revival got have uh, got Brody Lee, formerly known as uh, Luke Harper, now the current TNT champion. And yes, Cody Rhodes used to work in WWE. He is a WWE product, actually. I mean, really look at it. This is the guy who came in through the WWE system. He left, and he realized he had a lot, a lot to learn, and uh, he gave it his all. had his bucket list to do, and then look at him now, you know, Uh, you have the Young Bucks who, to my knowledge, have never been in WWE, they may have worked a few uh, programs here and there when they come through town or something in their younger days, Uh, but these are guys who, you know, they've made their way through the business, yes, Kenny Omega used to be in NXT, you know, Dustin Rhodes, he's there. Yeah, I mean, they're these are guys who are just making a living. Now they're making their, you know, they're making their own wrestling company for the fans, for the wrestlers, and I, I feel like this is a good thing. I don't, I don't feel like I need to go through and defend AEW through all this, but let me just say that they've had some really interesting stuff. Um, I've enjoyed. All right. Anyway. Uh, just got interrupted there. Anyway, so I was, as I was saying, um, definitely needed to to defend AEW uh, to anybody that really doesn't isn't interested in watching the product. If you're not interested in watching the product, you just go watch something else. Uh, but they have a lot of talent there, and the talent I think is uh, a great choice. Um, I'm enjoying the fuse. I'm enjoying the uh, Dark Order storyline with Brody Lee. I'm enjoying. Um, what they're doing with Kenny Omega. Um, I'm enjoying the, the Forever, the Revival with Tully Blanchard. Um, I'm looking forward to see where Sean Spears fits into the picture under Tully Blanchard with the Revival. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Cody Rhodes after that big beatdown beat from Brody Lee. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to so many of the things. I'm looking forward to seeing how... Uh, this Matt Hardy and uh, Sammy Guevara feud ends up really getting Sammy Guevara over. I'm really hoping it does in the long run. It's great to see Orange Cassidy uh, really taking off. You know, I can't say that I've been the biggest Orange Cassidy fan, but I think it's really interesting to, to see this working on such a grand scale. You know, so there's that. You know, there. They're also big on Jungle Boy. Apparently they have big plans for Jungle Boy. Curious to see where that goes. Curious to see uh, where um, SCU ends up. It's Scorpio Sky. Tremendous talent right there. Who knows where that's going to go? I mean, there's so, so much. It's, you know, it's, it's fresh. It's all fresh. It's all entertaining. I enjoy their pay-per-view show. That's not to say that every single match is uh, is wonderful or great or a barn burner. You know, there, there's still a lot of uh, indie talent that you know also has this indie style match in mind, and I, you know, that's just the sort of things that I don't really care for. I will note, however, that you you've got such great veterans back there, like. Arn Anderson and Billy Gunn and Dean Malenko and Tony Blanchard and Jake the Snake, and even Jim Ross, not really a veteran, but a veteran person in the business, um, who have such heavy voices that they can go in and say, hey, you know what, this is great and all, you're super athletic, but just slow it down. Personally, I never really enjoyed the Young Bucks style, but since they've been in the AEW, I've noticed they slow down, they're picking their spots more. And it's it's fitting better psychologically to the matchup, and I quite enjoy the Young Bucks matches now that they're putting on with uh, with everyone. Uh, a little side note here: I just uh, found the Young Bucks AEW Unrivaled figures at Walmart uh, here locally, and my daughter's been looking for them forever since she found out about it. Uh, I had made her some Mattel AEW uh, Young Buck figures, so this is a huge upgrade because I just had basics made for her. She wanted an elite style figure, um, so we actually did an unboxing video. So you guys should go check that out. I'll I'll link that in with this video somewhere. I guess. Uh, anyway, a lot going on in AEW. Of course, you got Moxley all these views you also have and this would be a great segue here NWA uh, is working with aew now we just saw Thunder Rosa versus uh the, the aew women's champion uh, Sheeta great match you know, I, I personally I was hoping for a uh you know a, a time limit or a double count out or something like that. Uh, so that he can stretch this out further, but a great match. I thought it was wonderful. I'm looking forward to see what else happens with NWA. I'm hoping a lot. I want to see Aldis come in. Aldis, the uh, NWA World Champion, who has done wonderful over there. In my opinion, um, he does the the Ric Flair full horseman type gimmick to a T. And it's he's made it his own. Uh, you couldn't ask for more for NWA power with their retro feel and their studio uh, type setting. You know, it's it's been quite unfortunate that we haven't been getting the power episodes uh, since this pandemic. But NWA looks to be doing something at least pay per view wise uh, coming up soon. So hopefully hopefully they'll be getting their their feet back under them. You know, there's been some uh rumor and worry that uh NWA may go under because of all this, but apparently that is not true. So, uh good for them. I'm hoping their partnership with uh AEW will will, you know, sprout something new and entertaining. I would love to see uh Aldis versus Mox. Um uh, or MJF because I haven't watched the match yet and I'm I'm kind of spoiler free at the moment, so uh, I don't know who I don't know who won. But uh, I was chatting with just John earlier. Uh, you know, an Aldis versus Jericho feud would be would be great as well. Uh, there's so much they can do. I mean, Damian Sandow, formerly known as Damian Sandow, uh, and even though it uh he is over in n w a karate master uh they they've got a lot of great talent over there so yeah i'm i'm hoping for some big stuff that way uh interesting note eddie kingston uh, in a e w now he was over in in n w a so i don't know maybe there's there's more to this deal than uh the BCI. So that, yeah, that just kind of wraps up AEW for me. Um, Super interesting to see where the product goes. You know, that's probably why I've kept up to date with it more than a lot of the other stuff, uh, even though that's been sporadic at best. Um, Other than that, let's see, who else? What else is going on? uh, The only other place I've kept up with has been New Japan, to be quite honest. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think the pandemic allowed me to catch up with them a little bit because, you know, they they have so many shows that come back to back, and uh, you know, I cut up to the point of Evil, of course, winning uh, the the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Title from uh, Naito, uh, and and I finally got to watch. Uh, evil versus the IWGP cruiserweight, or, I'm sorry, junior heavyweight champion uh, Takahashi. And it was a match. You know, I like the build up to it. Uh, I think New Japan does well. You know, they have a formula they follow forever, and and it works. And we got to see this, you know, IWGP Heavyweight Champion versus Junior Heavyweight Champion, which they've done a little bit in the past. Um, two former stablemates, of course, evil joining Bullet Club. So it was, it was interesting. I, the biggest surprise to me is like I, I haven't caught up on watching it and everything, but I was I was surprised to see that Naito's recaptured the uh, the titles. Um, so. I have to catch up watching it and everything i'm shocked that evil got a small run um, so i I don't know maybe that was just just the idea as far as uh you know getting people to have eyes back on the product all right, this is what happens in a commute. Sometimes there's an accident or something. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um gotta catch up on that. See where that is. So New Japan apparently has like there's two you know, they have like some guys over here in the US and they have some guys in Japan because of the pandemic going on and everything. And of course, like you have someone like Kenta who I believe still has a home in the United States and Florida. Um and of course all their their US guys um as well. As well like we recently had the um the US New Japan Cup thing, um which I believe I believe Kinto won. Um, and a lot of people are I believe it's to face the US champion, which is John Moxley still. Um A lot of people are like, well, you know, I don't know how they'll pull that off, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, don't you realize that these guys are in the U.S. right now? That's why you don't see them in Japan on the shows. But, whatever. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's late. I haven't done this in a while. And I'm flying solo. And... I'm commuting home today. Had to go into town, pick up a few things. So this is this is it, though. This is the world we live in right now with the pandemic and wrestling. This is where we're at. So yeah, some places are kind of. I don't want to say they're hitting it out of the ballpark, but they're doing a good job. They have a feel and a personality to their programs. In other places, not so much. And I think that's a shame because, uh, you know, I really do want to see all wrestling succeed. And um, a lot of it's not. That's not to say it won't survive and keep going and keep moving on and whatnot. But I think we're at a at a point where maybe it's time to consider what the product needs what change does the product need what what do you need to do to move forward away from what's not working and to something that is working you know do you as a business owner do you look out and go okay that's working over there maybe we're going to try that and this is this is not a new concept because You had, like, WCW, and they were kind of southern wrestling. They were, you know, like, you know, Georgia wrestling. And that stayed with them for a long time frame, even after they blew up and they were running half the country. Um, But they decided, you know, we're going to take this product, and we're going to change it some, and we're going to push the envelope a little bit more. And you had Eric Bischoff come in and say, no, we're going to bring in the luchadors. And we're going to bring in some Japanese talent. And we're going to bring in some European talent, and we're going to broaden the product up. And uh, they did that, and you know, at one point they were they were winning everything. So I think, you know, even WWE, they they had a point where they went from the old school stuff to focusing on the kids, you know, the cartoon and wrestling. Didn't, rock and wrestling, and then they moved, from there they moved on to like their pre-attitude era phase which didn't really work out that well, that's when they were getting about ready to go bankrupt, and then they went attitude era, and that's when they started turning the heads and pulling some ratings in so, you know, and then they went to the PG era, and then now we're kind of like in an era of uncertainty um, so I mean it's it's interesting, but now's the time you take chances, like NWA Power. That was a big chance they took when I first heard about it. Retro wrestling? Are you kidding me? What are they going to do? But it worked. It really worked. It really woke a lot of people up. and It's just John's favorite out of everything right now. That's what he prefers, the NWA Power, because it's it's old school and it's true to itself. And there's a place for it. So I would, I really hope everyone takes this moment, you know, WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, to to solidify what they're doing and, and going forward. I'm a wrestling fan, and I want to love all the wrestling products. It's just that, you know, if, if, if you're trying to get away from what makes wrestling wrestling, then as a wrestling fan, I, I have issue with that, and uh, it's hard for me to to get back into something without proper storytelling, proper character building, uh, and telling that wrestling story in the ring, and following the dynamics of a wrestling match, uh, to to show you know this is how we this is how we draw crowd in, this is how we work a crowd. If you're not working a crowd you know, through the matches you're displaying and through the storyline and characteristics, then are you really putting on a product worth watching? And, uh, yeah. Especially today when our attention and our hours and our time frames are so limited. I, I need another 24 hours a day personally myself. So I have very little time I can give up to watch a three hour show, let alone um what? Like three, five, six, seven hours for one company. But you're you're really gonna have to work hard for my not just my money, but my attention. Uh so yeah. That's it. That's wrestling in a nutshell Four ringside ramblings. And I've done nothing but ramble this entire time. So I'm gonna call it a day. I'm home. It's done. We've covered WWE, we've covered AEW, we've covered uh NWA Impact New Japan. So if you'd like to give us a shout out, please do. Uh check out that link for uh Mid and the uh unrivaled unboxing Um, and uh, as always until next time this has been Sam Keola the Wrestling Connoisseur
0: Oh Wrestling Fans We believe that psychology still matters
1: Storytelling should be consistent Maybe that's why I'm a connoisseur
0: Cleaner is not an alignment. I don't want any part of it. Goodbye. Welcome to the fight against Marxism. This is the Square Circle Journal. And now, just John and the wrestling console, Sam Keolan. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. All right, Kit Cats. Welcome back to another edition of Ringside Ramblings. I'm your host, your perpetual host, Sam kill the wrestling connoisseur. And, um, yeah, I'm going to try to catch you up a little bit if you haven't been paying attention to the wrestling world because <laughs> I haven't either, to be honest with you. It has been, uh, it's been, you know, rough during the pandemic to actually just sit down and... And watch anything. Let's be honest. Like, if you're a parent in the midst of all this, holy shit. Anyway, um, yeah, I've, I've had a hard time trying to keep up with things. It comes as splurts, binge-watching. It's the age now. You binge-watch everything. It's like Netflix, but for reality. Anyway, um, there's a couple of uh, couple of good websites out there that you can you're able to do that with too besides if you have on demand or whatnot um i am probably the most caught up on aew uh with that said i've tried to watch wwe a couple times on the wwe network and the network has just crapped out on me every time i've tried to use it i'll get halfway through a match and it'll pop up that there's an error of some sort and uh yeah I eventually get frustrated I actually tried to show my daughter a couple matches the other night uh one being uh Foley versus or Mankind versus The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell I think we got through the entrances before it just went to pure you know pure crap just crapped out on us then I tried uh, another match didn't work tried the most recent pay-per-view didn't work so I gave up and simple. I've have, I've have caught a little bit of modern WWE. It's uh you know, let me just put it this way. If you are or if you believe in the hype and the mythos of the casual viewer, if you buy into this tagline that somehow some way WWE books for a casual viewer. Let me let me tell you right now, that is full of shit. Uh, I say that because that's essentially what I would be called right now. By the definition is a casual viewer. Cuz I don't watch every week. And uh when you don't watch every week, and they don't have hard, statistical, plot-driven storyline, face and heel turns, uh, how do you how do you follow along? I mean, let's let's be honest here. Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious. Like if you look you're watching the show and you haven't seen Roman Reigns' heel turn. It's obvious he's heel now. His demeanor, his actions, Paul Heyman by ringside. I think that's the one good thing that WWE has done. How they've handled Roman Reigns in this. And Roman, on his part, dude's jacked now. Looks in great shape. Hopefully his health is holding up. Um, But... He looks heel. He acts heel. You know, I mean, he's doing a great job, I think. Um, the, the Uso storyline, great stuff. Great promo work on the Uso side. You know, they, they really stepped up their game for years now. So, uh, on their part, this was just time in the making, to be honest, So yeah, I think they've done great there. Hopefully, we'll see more of it, but I, I'm not so certain. It feels like it feels like they were planning for the Rock Roman WrestleMania match in in all earnest. I mean, that's been the rumor. That's been all about the storylines. Have been about family, who's the head of the table, and I mean, everybody knows when it comes to. The Samoan Dynasty in WWE. Uh, The Rock is absolutely the head of the table, Like no matter how you slice it. So, uh, Rock Roman for WrestleMania, that seems like a no-brainer. But what doesn't seem like a no-brainer is that you would build toward this without having the match solidly in place. Without some, some sort of written commitment. I don't know if Vince had a verbal agreement or, or what. But it appears that that match is not going to happen. Um, unless there's a swerve being planned with Goldberg. You understand? Um, and I mean, hey, if Goldberg's under contract, then yeah, they can have him come out and and do all this hype work that he wants Roman at WrestleMania, and it'd be a, it'd be a hell of a swerve. And then they turn around and give us Rock Roman, but I'm not so certain that's really going to happen. I, I kind of feel like they they work themselves into a corner, and Rock cannot commit. You know, uh, a lot of people have made comment that you know he looks to lose millions of dollars. If something were to happen, if he was to be injured uh, at WrestleMania or the build-up to it. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a big question. You know, is, is The Rock's schedule open enough for him to do a WrestleMania? Um, I mean, Rock is in superb shape. I, I really don't think he would have much ring rust. I mean, you know, there's that muscle memory there. And I'm sure he would get in the ring and prepare for this like anything else that he does. So, there is that. But, as of right now, it looks like it's going to be uh, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And, I mean, eh, we didn't really get that match. Um, does anybody really want to see that match? I don't know. I'll come back to that later. It looks like we're also going to get McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, as everybody's talking about. And, uh, possibly a three-way McIntyre, Lesnar, and Keith Lee Is the big rumor um, God, you know Raw is so uh, You know, it's, it's. I feel like they've They've flubbed The McIntyre reign To some degree um, I don't know why they had Orton win the title at all And just to put it back on McIntyre <clears throat> uh, That one seemed like I don't know. That was that was totally out left field. Maybe that's why they did it. Maybe it was just a contractual obligation that, hey, Orton has to have another title run when he, you know, re-signed with the company. So they just went and got it out of the way. I don't know. Who knows? Those things do occur. Um, I think it, it, you know, it pads McIntyre's number for one, uh, which I hate because it's not, it's not like this is these are substantial you know achievements in a in a certain degree we're not we're not talking like rick flair here where he has a, a year run drops the belt to steamboat for a couple months get it a little bit fresh and then flair takes it back out and you bring in another baby face for the chase that's not what happened here like in the old days okay so yeah in my opinion, it would have been better if they had dropped the belt to MVP uh, with with uh, the Hurt uh, business. Uh, and gotten them a little bit more over. You know, if you want to give MVP a nod, that's, that's how you would do it. He's done, holy shit, like we talk about earning your name, MVP. He has been the MVP during this pandemic. This guy come in... Just for, I believe, a backstage role. You know, a little bit fanfare in front of the camera here and there. But, come on. Did anybody believe MVP would be so relevant to WWE in 2021? Anybody? This guy, talk about veteran. To the business, who can show a lot of these uh, young guys in WWE now? You know, show them how it's done. I think it's great that you have uh, Cedric Alexander with him. You're giving Shelton Benjamin new life. Bobby Lashley finally has like a course set. This is great stuff. I like the Hurt business, and uh, I I think they should be probably the the featured heels of the show more than anything. I'm not so sold on, uh, this other gimmicky shit with, uh, Ali's group. Um, I think that they could have done a better job, uh, picking guys out, bringing guys up. I guess you're making some people relevant who really aren't. Uh, but sorry, I just can't get behind T-burr, 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 T-bird. T-bird makes me want to crack open a cold one. That's what T Bird does. So yeah, I I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with them. Uh what else is going on? Oh, I am happy Ali's getting a push, getting a getting a heel run. Oh, jeez. All right, let's go ahead and move off of WWE for now, and uh, let's 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 move on to AEW. A lot of big big business in AEW right now, and uh, what I'm talking about is if you live under a rock, you've really missed out, in my opinion. Uh, Sting has showed up in AEW and has been the biggest craze. I, I was late to the table here to catch up on this. Took me took me like a week to catch up. I was about three or four episodes behind. I still haven't watched the last pay-per-view, uh, but I plan to. But a lot of big stuff happening in AEW that's not even on the pay-per-views. <clears throat> I would almost say the bigger stuff isn't. Um, but... At the pay-per-view, apparently, we need to see Darby Allen win the title, the TNT title from Cody Rhodes. We'll see where that goes. Um, I'm not. How do I put this? And uh, our, our good friend Just John, he, I think, he disagrees with me a little bit here. But I'm not 100 percent sold on Darby Allen. Um, I think TNT title may be his peak. I don't think this guy can be the face of the company. Um, Now, is he going to bring in viewership? Is he going to bring in um, fans? You're going to want to tune in to watch Darby Allin? I don't know. I mean, to me, he's like uh, a miniature Jeff Hardy. Um, And I know TNT, TNT, I'm sorry. I know uh, AEW has a lot of smaller talent, uh, which makes it a little bit more competitive for Darby Allin. But I'm I'm just not sold on the guy yet. This is your, this is your Rey Mysterio spot to me. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he'll make me a believer. We'll see. Maybe with the Sting come in, maybe with this this aspect, it'll change my thoughts. Sting, who who really looked to look peer into Darby Allen's soul. Compared to how he looked at Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson, and he looked at Darby Allin, he looked from side to side. and Let's see what this kid's made of. So I don't know, maybe, maybe there will be something there. Um, I, I do expect that we will eventually get that Sting Cody match. Um, now, whether Cody turns face or heel, you know, turns heel from being face, I don't know. Let me just, I want to throw this out there too right now. Uh, several, several months back, it could have been a year already, uh, I had a little uh, discussion with Cody on the, the Twitter machine over there. And essentially, uh, someone had brought up faces and heels in wrestling. And Cody said, that faces and heels is too cliche. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work as well for the business anymore. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, but that, that they weren't going to focus too hard on faces and heels is essentially what I got from what Cody's response was, um, which to me, you have to have faces and heels in wrestling. That's what that's what sells your seats. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? That's what uh, fans can relate to. You either hate somebody or you love somebody. And that's how you get people to come in and buy products and uh, watch your shows and, and, and go to your, your, uh, your shows at the arenas. Now, what Cody said was, you know, he's looking more at protagonists and antagonists. And as a writer, I've got to agree. You have to have protagonists and antagonists. Uh, but for so long in wrestling, that has, that has been faces and heels. Your faces are the protagonists. Your heels are the antagonists. Um, and, and typically, that's how it is because, as I say, wrestling lives on cliches. It lives on cliches because everything's a, a soundbite, especially in today's world. Everything's a soundbite. You, you have 10 seconds to grab viewership. Someone's flipping through the channels. They may stop and watch. You have to grab them right then, right there. And it has to be something that they know. If, if they know someone's a heel because of how they act, how they speak, how they dress, how they walk, how they talk, how they, everything. If you flip the station and you're tearing out some guy's eye, chances are, I would say 99% chances are that you're a heel. That you're the antagonist of the match. Um, now, let's flash forward to, to right now modern day. I, I completely agree with what Cody said and what he was trying to say and, and what he was probably trying to say without giving everything away and, and a tremendous look behind the scenes and, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, absolutely what Cody is right. Let me just say that Cody is absolutely right. And uh, it works for AEW. AEW. I don't think it would work for WWE. Um, You have to have a machine behind your business to get this done, okay? You have to. Um, but otherwise, I, I don't think you could pull off having a heel versus heel match. Uh, you know, face versus face, you could probably um, not. I wouldn't say, you know, every week or whatever, even heel versus heel. You could possibly pull one off here and there. But. Yeah. But in in AEW, it's worked tremendously worked. Where you're more invested in characters than you are in another program, let's say. And uh, let me just point this out: it's storylines, it's it's plot twists. You know that's that's what's working here. Uh, to have hill versus heel matches someone betrays somebody and yet both of them remain heel. um i mean it's this is it's masterful work let's be honest it may not be everybody's cup of tea but i think aew has done a tremendous job pulling this off um uh, Compared to what, like, just to compare it to WWE, and I know the comparison's dead, but let's let's just beat that horse. When WWE does a heel versus heel match, there's no context. The Hurt business versus Ali's group, Retribution. It's after the fact Weeks after the fact And then you have MVP come out and say Well management come to us And said take care of this problem And then they will take care of us And it's like that's great But that should have been On the forefront Because that that whole entire storyline Is super weak uh, With retribution in my opinion uh, whereas if you look at, at AEW, you have context with a lot of this stuff. You know, there's a lot more personal rival rivalries than than you have in WWE. Let's look at the fact that Cody Rhodes himself, even though you would you could argue, is a heel. I mean, Cody definitely has heel tendencies. I would say Cody is absolutely a face with these heel tendencies because we know Cody can be contriving and condescending and, and still be a face. And I think that's kind of the beauty of where they're, they're taking AEW and, and rolling with a lot of these characters Now, would that work in WWE? I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, we get that a lot, but we don't have the context of it. You know, where someone can be this way, but they are a face. They have such heel tendencies. Can they have a face versus face match and be that way and channel some of this stuff? It's like, for my Star Wars nerds out there, it's kind of like Mace Windu. You know, he could channel the dark side, Without turning to the dark side. Anyway, some good stuff over there at AEW. A lot of people are speculating this impact partnership, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, and impact is in partnership with NOAA, Japan. <laughs> See a lot of speculation. Of uh, some Noah wrestlers, maybe it will come over work AEW through this. I don't know about that. Um, I guess you know. I think I think Tony Khan's open to anything. I think he's open to work with anybody, whatever makes the business stronger, whatever's best for business. I think he'll do. We'll see, it remains to be seen. I don't know. I'd be curious though. I think uh I think the best thing right now would be uh impact versus AEW. I think that would be a great thing to see. I'd love to see Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega. I'm sure I'm not the only one there. I mean, let's look at Impact. Impact, they're doing pretty good. Um, I watched the show the other night. I was i was fairly entertained. But, um, hmm, yeah, I don't know. There's so much there on the table that they could do right now that I really wonder uh, what will happen. I mean, you have the Good Brothers over there in Impact. You have Kenny... You have the Bucks. You have Hangman. You have a lot of ex-Bullet Club members, right there. You now, if we look at history, eh, some of that may not have uh, may not have gone over too well. I don't know. Could we see something come from that? It'd be great if if New Japan was open to to let some guys work too. I don't know. Uh, With this pandemic and everything going on, it remains to be seen.